Welcome into another episode of Pod Slamma Jamma. We're about five weeks until the start of the regular season for the 2023 Houston Cougars football team. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing a little bit of, of a preview and breakdown of the upcoming football team slash season, kind of gearing up for this 2023 campaign. We're going to be discussing specifically the defense following a very rough 2022 campaign. Obviously, that group led by defensive coordinator Doug Boke is going to be looking to bounce back. We'll get a little bit more specifics into each position group on the other side of the intro. Yeah, high standards, high goals, you know, we know what it takes to get there. I want to be unguarded, <laughs> if I'm honest. Coaches, coach, players, play. You know, and that's a great place to be in your life. We could care less what other people think. So for those of you joining us live, whether it be on the Pod Slamma Jamma YouTube channel, or I guess now on X, on X.com, formerly known as Twitter, whatever it's called now, joining me as always, Dayon Dunlap. Dayon, how you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Glad football season is almost upon us. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. How about yourself? I'm doing well. And uh, yeah, like you said, right around the corner, just five weeks away until Houston. That kicks off September 2 against UTSA at TDCU Stadium, the first game in which the football team will officially be a, a on-the-field member of the Big 12 Conference. But like I said, in the cold open, we're going to be looking at specifics for this upcoming 2023 Houston Cougars team. And we're going to be, t- be talking about the defense specifically on today's episode and I mean, Dan, let's start with the secondary. There's a lot of really new faces upcoming when it comes to the Houston Cougars secondary. But of course, there's some key returners as well. When you look at um, players that had key minutes for the team last season. A, a unit that really struggled overall over the course of the season, but key returners in Alex Hogan, Jalen Emery, Noah Guzman, uh, Antonio Brooks, and a couple of players that didn't necessarily get a lot of playing time as well, but in Mike Welch, Dante Wynn, and Garyon Robinson. Of course, when it comes to the secondary, there are 10 new faces upcoming when it comes to this 2023 Houston Cougars roster and the most notable. There's a, there's a couple that are notable, but I think the biggest transfer get for the Houston Cougars football team was Adari Halsey, the transfer from New Mexico. And he has a lot of accolades and for good reason coming into the 2023 season. Pro football focuses preseason all Big 12 conference third team for Houston and even Dave Campbell's Texas football top 10 transfer portal pickups for Houston. And like I said, for good reason, he had 86 total tackles for New Mexico in 2022, forced two fumbles. He had two picks. Of course, that was for a struggling New Mexico team, but he was able to rack up the stat sheet when it comes to what he was able to do last season. And even Malik Fleming as well, another name to keep an eye on when it comes to the transfer portal that Houston uh, was able to add. He had 41 tackles for East Carolina last season. He had three picks and deflected six passes. And like I said, this is a unit that struggled uh, mightily when it comes to the Houston Cougars football team in 2022. Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you, but first, these stats. When it came to passing 
defense. Houston ranked 122nd in the entire country. That's right, 122nd. They gave up 278 and a half yards, passing yards only. We're not even getting into the rushing game. 278.5 passing yards per game to their opponent. So obviously that's going to be a unit that, I mean, when you look at it, there's really only one way to go when it comes to direction, and hopefully that's up for the Houston Cougars football team. You're right about that. And just looking at um, the landscape of college football and even pro football at that, it's, it's a passing game. Now, especially going into the Big 12, you're going to face high-powered offense after high-powered offense. Let's just start with UTSA and their quarterback, Frank Harris, and the receivers that he has. So I think it's going to be very, very important for Houston's quarterback play to be much better and much improved than last year. You mentioned a few players who have some experience coming back, and I think it starts with, um, like you said, Alex Hogan and Jalen Emery, but then a couple of other players that I'm keeping an eye on from transfers, like you mentioned, um, the one from New Mexico who you just mentioned, who uh, has a lot of upside and has um, a lot of predictions as well, but also a name that I'm keeping an eye on is Isaiah Hamilton, the transfer from Texas Southern right across the street. I'm hearing players rave about him, and I'm hearing his transition has been seamless to um, a, a higher level and into Houston. And a lot of these kids they're referring to, they're actually from Houston. Um, they went to other places, other schools first, but they come back home. And so I think that's extra added motivation to put on for uh, the name across their chest, which happens to be their hometown. But I think um, this defense um, – I don't want to say it starts with the cornerback plate, but it's very important that they have very consistent, um, good quality cornerback play. And a lot of times they would come in opportune times, third and longs, fourth and longs, different scenarios where they're giving up big plays. And then that's not even thinking about the SMU game. <laughs> Most definitely uh, put a pin on it real quick. For those of you that are joining us live, like to be part of the conversation on YouTube, or even if you're watching on X, be sure to comment. We want to hear from you. What are your expectations on the secondary and just overall the Houston Cougars defense as a whole? If you're just joining us, we love to hear from you guys. Or if you're watching us on audio-only platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the next day, be sure to reach us out on social media. Once again, it's going to take a while to get used to, but on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Pod Slam Jamma Down, you hit it right on the head when it came to struggles. And I think specifically with this secondary it was just a lot. Injuries played a part of it, but there was, it often seemed like the the biggest struggle for the secondary was being able to stop the bleeding. There would be a couple times where teams would literally just they would check down. They would throw five yard routes, not necessarily you know, big chunk plays. For the most part, teams weren't throwing it all over the place. It was the inability to be able to come up and make the tackles and stop a short play from becoming a medium sized or oftentimes big plays. That was really what hurt the Houston Cougars defense. And specifically, you mentioned it being able on being unable to make stops. Houston was tied for 111th in the country when it came to. To third down conversion defense, opposing teams converted on Houston on third downs 43% of the time. That number, believe it or not, actually got worse when it came to fourth down conversion defense in which their opponents were converting over 50% of the time. It was actually 55.9% of the time. So this was a unit overall, not just on the secondary for those last two stats, but specifically just the defense that really, really struggled for Houston in the 2022 season. It was a big reason why Houston was had a bit of a lackluster season when it came to the expectations they had coming into uh, from the preseason. 
you hit on very two good points to start, and which is fundamentals tackling. A lot of those big plays that they gave up came off broken tackles. And so if they can kind of take a step back in, over this offseason and enter the fall camp and realize how the importance of wrapping up tackling football, which I'm sure Coach Buck always raves about running to the football and um, being active and pursuing the football, but also situational football. I mean, we can't talk enough. We don't have enough time to talk about how Houston struggle in situational football, whether it's third and long or fourth down situations. And Houston has to do a better job of not only rushing the quarterback, which we'll get to the D-line in a second, but actually covering and making plays. I think they have to get turnovers. That's one thing that I think will help the offense even more, is the ability to take the ball away. Houston um, hasn't really had a lot of turnovers last year. I know the year before that, uh, was, it, was it? Yeah, the year before that, when they had, season. yeah, when they had the twenty-one, they had a very successful season. And you look at the two bookend corners that they had with Marcus Jones and Pepe Williams. Those two NFL caliber corners who played well, very fundamental, made plays, but they were able to take the ball away. I think Houston must get back to that, taking the ball away and creating um, short fields for their offense. No, most definitely one of the things that head coach Dana Holgerson has alluded to, he reiterated multiple times over the course of the season, the ball didn't bounce our way oftentimes. There would be a couple of times when Houston would, whether it be uh, forcing fumbles and, and they just weren't able to secure the football in big, uh, big moments. And even when it came to early on in the season, it seemed like they still had a little bit of that magic and being able to force uh, turnovers. Look at even the Texas Tech game against uh, the, the the Texas Tech game against Donovan Smith and the interceptions they were able to force on Smith and even going back to the UTSA game, it's just opportunistic. And then when Derek Parrish went down, the explosive the explosivity of the defense and being able to get turnovers just completely fell off a cliff. And Dan, you're absolutely right. When you look at Houston, Houston's defense overall as a whole in the 2022 season, they were tied 105th and when it came to turnovers and it was just... 14 turnovers that they were able to get overall for the season. So that's certainly going to be an area that they're going to be looking to improve on. Once again, Kevin Josso and Tony M all joining us on YouTube. We'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts specifically on the secondary and overall on the Houston Cougars defense? Uh, Robbins, we will get to your question later on when we talk about the linebackers and the defensive line, but just hold on. We'll get to them in a moment, but no, that's a great point, especially when you look, Specifically for the secondary, we alluded to this over the course of uh, the season a year ago, but a lot of these players are kind of put in positions to learn uh, learn through the fire. Like, like I said, injuries played a big role, and they had to get tossed in there in situations where whether they were ready or not, it was go out there and sink or swim. And you right. could tell at times that there were some growing pains. Kevin Jossel's depth, depth, and more depth. That's definitely going to be key for Houston in their inaugural year in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about this. Sometimes the best experience is playing experience for players. And I think the players like a Jalen Emery, who as the season went on, became, starts to become more and more of his own. And I think some of the transfers that we mentioned, they have a ton of playing experience but now it's about putting it all and gelling together as a Cougar unit. I think the players have talent, but um, like the comment just said, we need depth, 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 because you never know when injuries occur. And at the same time, you're going to face a lot of fast, up-tempo, high-powered offenses 
who will look to get as many plays in as possible in which um, to the point you need depth. You need, all players aren't, aren't going to be able to play every single snap of the game. And so having quality depth to not have a drop off is something Houston always talks about, especially over the last couple of years of building that depth and having that depth come in and be able to play to the level of the player that they were placing on the field. And so I think depth is key, but more importantly, like you said, getting back to the fundamentals, make sure you're tackling, make sure you're mentally prepared for situation of football to not allow um, a lot of plays who could be in your favor based on the down in the situation, but the other team will make a play. So I think Houston has the players, has the young players who I think have grown in the system and grown together. And I think they're ready to make a name um, in the Big 12. You know, Jalen Emery was a name that you just mentioned. I think just overall, again, going back to that inexperience aspect when it came to the positions they were put in, but they, they specifically when it came to Emery, and even I think you can throw an Alex Hogan in there as well, where they would, like I said, they had to play a lot. There would be a couple of flashes in during the season when you would be able to tell, like, hey, there's, there's something there. They're, they made a great play. And then, you know, a player two later, they come back and they don't. They make a not so good play, and again, that's that inconsistency standpoint that you expect from inexperienced players. And hopefully, going into the twenty twenty three season, they've been able to get uh, grow over the year of the twenty twenty two season, have that experience under their belt, and most importantly, just continue to have that improvement aspect. And they're still going to continue to be tried by fire because now, like you alluded to, down it's going to be a Big Twelve schedule, and it's not going to be easy even in Week One, even though they're not facing a Big Twelve opponent and a veteran quarterback uh, for UTSA. I do want to mention uh, Noah Guzman, who I kind of uh, glossed over at the beginning of this segment, but he seems to be a player that the Cougars are really high on. The Houston coaching staff is really high on. He's obviously has a single digit number heading into the season, which from uh, head coach Dana Horson's standpoint, something that they don't take lightly. If you have one of those single digit numbers, they expect high things from you and not just from on the field, but specifically when it comes to leadership standpoint, he was a player that didn't necessarily stand out when it comes to just looking at the stat sheet. But again, he seems to be someone that the staff is very high on so he could be a name to keep an eye on and like I said as well with a couple of transfers and and 10 new faces overall in this unit uh, Kevin Hassel says will depend also if McCutcheon can play immediately or not and that's a great point um, he's talking about obviously of course Latrell McCutcheon who transferred over from USC had transferred from Oklahoma the year prior to that he went from Oklahoma to USC and then to USC to Houston so we will see if he's eligible to play uh, immediately or not that's a great point but Dan, any final points about the secondary specifically before we uh, move on yeah, one quick uh, point on Guzman. He's a player that has familiarity not only uh, with Houston being here uh, last season, but also with the coaching staff. He is a player who transferred from West Virginia, very, very, very familiar with the system. And like you said, this single digit means something. That means he's earned it. That means he's proved it in practice. And I'm expecting him to have an impact as well. I know we only mentioned him briefly, but that was a good um, catch by you. I'm going to make sure um, – Cool fans keep their eye out for Guzman. He had some, some snaps last year, and I expect he'll have a, a bigger impact this season as well. Coming right up on Pod Slam and Jamma, we'll transition over to the linebackers position, who's similar to the to just the defense overall. They're going to be looking a, a bit. They're going to look a little bit different when it comes to the leaders on that unit, but obviously they're going to be looking to be productive. But don't go anywhere. Once again, if you're watching us live on YouTube, I'd like to welcome you in, Kevin Jasso. Uh, 
Robin, sorry, I'm not going to try to pronounce your full name. I prefer not to butcher it out of respect. And Tony M, welcome in. And anyone else that's joining us live, if you want to be a part of the conversation, feel free to use the live chat feature on YouTube or if you're watching on X, feel free to join the conversation at Jamma. Of course, follow us on all our other platforms as well when it comes to YouTube and TikTok, not YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. That's all lowercase Let's Rage Cougs. And like I said, follow us on X. I need to update that graphic at Pod Slamma Jamma. Bringing it back to the conversation, bringing back Dayon. Like I said, we're going to transition over to the linebackers group in our preview of the 2023 Houston Cougars defense. Like I teased before we went to the uh, break, this is a unit that specifically the big name that stands out is Hassan Hippolyte, who's going to be making a transition from safety a season ago to the linebacker spot. Now, that's not unique when it comes to that transition. We've seen it before with this Houston Cougars uh, team. Uh, just think of Grant Stewart a couple of seasons ago uh, when he made a similar transition and had a lot of success. Saw him being able to get drafted in the NFL after he made that transition to linebacker. So uh, Hassan Hippolyte is going to be looking to follow in some footsteps, but he's going to be someone to keep an eye on just to see uh, specifically uh, to be one of those impact players that can be able to make plays from the get go and other names that are returners that played a lot of minutes made a lot of key plays for Houston and Tremarcus Cheeks and Jamal Morris. Both of them had 35 or more tackles a year ago in the 2022 season. Of course, I think you got to add Malik Robinson in there as well. When it comes to this unit, don't necessarily have as many new additions as compared to the secondary, but they certainly have a couple of noteworthy names. I think the main one that st- st- stands out is Aubrey Smith, who transferred over from Colorado. And of course, Eric. Aaron Willis, who transferred over from Tennessee, and they have two new freshmen joining the linebacker position as well. Now, when it comes to the linebackers, they're often asked to do a little bit of everything when it comes to coverage. And, of course, when it comes to wrecking havoc and getting into the backfield and being just disruptors. Now, again, we talked about the third down and fourth down struggles for the defense overall as a whole, but even when it came to the rush defense as well, Houston did a little bit better, a lot better when you compare it to their passing numbers, but still 57th in the country when it came to their rush defense. Obviously, that's an area that the Houston Cougars are going to be looking to improve. Dan, you're muted. Sorry about that. But definitely, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And the linebacker core, I think, will be faster. Just starting with um, Hassan Hippolyte. I mean, this is common not only with Houston, but throughout the entire country, pro and college. Um, bigger safety, stronger, faster safety is getting moved to that hybrid linebacker role just so um, they can cover the life. Because you've seen a lot of passing team so they can cover tight ends and running backs. And I think Hassan Hippolyte, his, not only his ability to tackle um, recognized coverages and his leadership aspect, I think his ability to play sideline on sideline will really, really bode well for this Houston defense. It'll really kind of cover a lot of what Donovan Mute did in his ability to go sideline on sideline. So I really, really like that move for him. And I think it, it'll be in spurts. I expect him to still play some safety as well. But uh, another name that you mentioned, Jamal Morris. I'm excited to see more Jamal Morris. We saw him um, a lot. He spent a lot of time last year. He was still able to have a very uh, productive season 
And so I'm excited to see him as well. But also the name that, that you mentioned, excuse me, that I'm excited to see is Malik Robinson. I think when there's times where he just flashed all over the field, big hit, a sure tackler. And for Houston, their defense is not only predicated on, I don't want to say stopping the run because they're predicated on stopping both the run in the past. But I just think it's going to be very, very important to stop the run and try to make those offenses that they're facing one-dimensional. That way, you, you face a high-powered offense like a UTSA, for example, who had a really good passing and running attack um, in Texas Tech, for that matter. You want to try to make these high-powered teams one-dimensional. And I think stopping the run will go uh, well. I think it's probably one of the first things that Coach Belt um, tries to do when they get on the status report is stop the run to try to force these teams into passing situations to where you can play coverage and your pass rushes what Houston is known for and get after the quarterback. Yeah, that's certainly a great point. That's been one of the key focuses for this Houston Cougars defense is trying to make teams one-dimensional, and it's something that uh, you look at the stats that they, do, they did do a little bit better when it comes to compared to what they did um, when it came to their passing defense, but Specifically, they still think, again, 57th overall in the nation. They gave up about 143 yards per game. That's certainly an area that they're going to be seeking to improve on. And the linebackers are key in being able to stop the run. They play, they play a key part just in being able to attack the gaps. And even in certain areas, just being able to create uh, more pressure when it comes to pass rushing as well. Um, because like I said, something that we touched on earlier, Dayon, it seemed like this defense a season ago kind of struggled to make big game momentum changing plays when it came to being able to force turnovers and the defense specifically uh, the linebackers are going to be an important group to being able to uh, flip the switch this upcoming season their inaugural in the Big 12 now Another name um, that we really should focus on is Tremarcus Cheeks and someone who kind of grew over as, as the year went on obviously he transferred out of Sanford a season ago but it always seemed like his name was going to be called. It always seemed like every game consistently, maybe not making the eye popping play, but consistently, it always seems like you could hear Tremarcus Cheeks' name getting called, being able to make a tackle, being able to make a key play for the defense. It's going to be interesting to see how he grows in his second year under Doug Belk. He's another player. Every time I watched him, like you said, he just all over the field, you hear his name. And I think his speed and his ability to blitz, I think he's a really good blitzer as well. And so, I can't wait to see him. I think the linebacker core will be one of the strengths of the defense. I think they do have quality depth in it regardless um, who they play when they switch out. I think that the level of um, production will be at a high level. Excuse me. I think it will be at a high level. And I think they were picked up from the likes of when you had the Matthew Adams at Houston, when you had these different linebackers who made their – made opposing defenses have the game plan for them. I think that's what Houston needs at the linebacker position. A linebacker who can wreak havoc, or not, whether it be in the run game, passing game, or just all three levels and play sideline to sideline because it, in the Big 12, it's pretty – the game is primarily in between the numbers in the passing game. There's a lot of outside the numbers, but a lot of intermediate passing game. And so – the defense isn't going to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have a lot of challenges. But the linebacker core, I expect to be one of the strengths. A lot of experience, a lot of talent, a lot of speed at the linebackers for sure. 
Now, another word, a key phrase that you can kind of use when you look at this linebacker, specifically going back to Hassan Hippolyte, I think what his transition also allows this defense, specifically this linebacker group to do or to have is versatility, especially again, like I mentioned just a few uh, moments ago, the linebackers are kind of in between their tasks with being able to do a little bit of both worlds when it comes to being out in coverage and, of course, being able to be disruptors as pass rushers or even as trying to stop gaps to limit the run. And I think, again, being able to make that transition for Hassan Hippolyte, it's going to add a little bit of versatility because I think he's going to be very comfortable if you ask him to be out in coverage, whether it be in zone or whether it be trying to stop a running back out of the backfield. He's certainly not going to be giving up speed when it comes to that aspect if you're asked to for him to guard a running back or even a receiver out of the backfield. For sure. And um, to the point of, of Sheik's, he was he led all linebackers in tackles for losses last year with five tackles for losses, and he didn't play anywhere near the number of snaps that some of the stars like Donovan Mune uh, and, and others played. And so his ability to uh, rush the passer, his speed. I think um, each of these linebackers that we're discussing all have different traits that make them a good quality football player. And so when you, they're interchangeable. You will see different players excel at different things. But I think they will complement each other real well because they all have such a versatile of skill sets. One other, we mentioned Latrell McCutcheon transfer from USC and Oklahoma in the previous segment. His younger brother, Latravion McCutcheon, is going to be a freshman. He's also going to be a linebacker for this unit, so he potentially could be someone to keep an eye on as a freshman. But no, Dan, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Tremarcus Cheeks, small sample size, I think he's going to be someone to keep an eye on. Uh, potentially, again, this linebacker unit as a whole is going to have a as a whole they will have a hole to fill with um obviously the big loss of donovan mutant not just from an on-the-play standpoint but as a leader it's going to be interesting to see who kind of rises up and takes that position group from that leadership standpoint who can rise up and kind of rally all the players in that group i think who, who do you think could potentially be a leader for the linebackers i think it's going to be hassan hippolyte i mean every time we hear him speak he I don't want to – he kind of sounds like Donovan Mune in the sense of very mature, uh, a grown man, head on straight. And just thinking about, too, the Big 12 um, media conference, he talked about Houston being a blue-collar program, the players being able to survive off of the stipend checks that they get and not really looking about the money, just kind of focused on him and being blue-collar. So I think just off the top of my head, I I would say Hassan Hippolyte for sure. Yeah, I agree 100% when it comes to that media, uh, not, not necessarily media training, but that media answer standpoint. He checked that box immediately when he gave that blue collar uh, quote a couple of weeks ago. But Deion, any final takeaways when it comes to the linebacker position uh, before we transition over to the defensive line in our final segment? Nope, I just think a lot of speed. And one thing that we talked about for the cornerbacks is even more important for the linebackers is tackling. Fundamentals, wrapping up, making tackles and recognizing situational football and knowing who you're playing, knowing your personnel, knowing, recognizing the scatter report on any given play. You know you're facing a scrambling quarterback and it's 14-20. Make sure you keep an eye on that quarterback and not allow him to run for those yards or make a play. And so, Tackling, for sure, is something I want to reiterate is important for the linebackers. 
overall, as an overarching question, I'm going to go back to Robbins' comment. How do you feel about the linebackers group overall as a whole? Do you feel confident? I feel confident about the linebackers. I'm probably most confident in the linebacker core in regards to every position on the defense. I'm probably more confident in the linebacker core. It's hard not to be more confident in the defensive line because of what they've been able to do and how Coach Early has just been reloading every year, year in and year out. So it's just I'm expecting another name who hasn't, hasn't made a name for himself in Houston to step up on the D-line. But overall, I'm very confident in the linebacker core, and I think they'll probably be the, the strength um, or the nucleus of the defense is a better word. I think the word for me is optimism. I think there's a lot of potential, uh, but I think there's still some wait and see again just with, when it comes to players stepping into different roles, mainly Hassan Hippolyte. But I, I could see potentially, I, I agree, they have the potential to be the nucleus of the 2023 Houston Cougars defense. Uh, Kevin Jossel says if we have at least one lockdown corner, corner, it can free up the other defensive backs and linebackers and defensive linemen can be more aggressive. I think that's a great point by Kevin. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree 100%. If you got that lockdown corner here, you can lock on one side of the field and you don't have to pretty much worry about or shade any coverage to his side. Uh, like you said, it opens up the field for the linebackers, for the D-line. And most of this, as we transitioning into the D-line here in a second, is predicated on D-line and pressuring the football. And, and as well as the linebackers being able to be freely and roam the sideline to sideline to make tackles on the run game. And so I think yeah, it's going to go hand in hand, but uh, I'm optimistic, like you said. Most definitely we'll put a pin on it real quickly. We're going to trans- transition over and talk to the defensive line. But I'd like to remind everybody that's watching live on the pod slam jam, a YouTube channel or just scrolling through the timeline on X.com and happen to find us formerly known as Twitter. Be sure to give us a follow if you're on that pl- platform. If you're on YouTube, if you are new to the channel. Please be sure to hit the subscribe subscribe button on YouTube and most importantly, give us a like. We hit the 1000 subscriber milestone a few weeks back, but of course we can never have too many subscribers. As always, we'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys. If you are a returning viewer, um, whatever platform you may be, even if you're listening to us on audio only the next day, can never say thank you enough to all of you guys. And as always, whether it be audio only, be sure to give us ratings and stars. If it's on YouTube, please be sure to give us a like and continue to be active and comment and active and comment on the shows like Kevin Jossel has been for this show in particular. He's been an MVP when it comes to the active interaction portion of it. Getting back into the swing of things here, we're going to transition over for our final segment, talking about the defensive lineman. Dan, I'm going to bring you back in. Uh, Parker Ainsworth has a question. I'll get to it in a second. But when you look at the defensive line, a lot of returners, obviously the the key loss, a couple of big losses um, for this unit is Derek Parrish, who played um, a limited amount last season. But even in those four games that he did play, he was a monster for the Houston Cougars, just a disruptor. Just look at the game that he had against Texas Tech. And, of course, DeAnthony Jones, a um, big loss for him, a consistent face that, 
that Houston has been able to have. Obviously, both of those players have transitioned on to pursue their professional careers. And when you look at the key returners for Houston, I think you got to start with two names. That's Nelson mm-hmm. Caesar, who is going to be tasked with potentially stepping into the shoes of either a Derek Parrish or a DeAnthony Jones. And of course, when it comes to the interior line, Chidozi on the walk wall, who consistently started 12 out of the 13 games for Houston, doesn't necessarily have the the big stats, but he plays a very key important role for the Houston Cougars defensive line, specifically when it comes to stopping their opposing team's runs. And he draws a lot of double teams, which in theory should open up a lot more um, opportunities for the other defensive linemen, even the linebackers or even the secondary. One thousand percent. And let's just start with Nelson Caesar. I mean, Houston for the last, I don't know how many years, has had a dominant defensive lineman. And everyone is expecting, myself included, Nelson Caesar to take that next step. Last year didn't have, I'm sure, the year that he expected, um, especially when when um, Paris went down. I'm sure he was expecting, he saw even more snaps and thought he would have even a bigger impact. But last year, he only had four sacks, and I'm sure he wants to double that and have double-digit sacks, where, um, in which he's more than capable. He's a speed rusher with power as well. But I, I think he's the key. The D-line is the key, really, to the entire defense. I mean, and then the next thing you go to is Doc. But if Nelson can rush the passer as well as contain the edge and not allow some of these running backs to get on the outside and make longer run explosive plays, in front of the back inside, two dot and two the linebackers, the defense and the cornerbacks won't have to cover as long, and therefore they can make more plays on the football and be more hitty. And so the D-line aspect is very important, but I'm looking at who is going to be that next name. It seems like year after year, Houston has a player who steps up, and David, I don't want to butcher his last name, the transfer from Oklahoma. I'm hearing a lot about him, and I'm expecting him to have a really big year as well. Absolutely. We'll get a little bit, we'll get into David a little bit more, but going back to Caesar and Wonkwo, uh, Caesar had 36 total tackles. He had four sacks and he even had a pick for the Houston Cougars a season ago. And a dot again, this is with him facing a lot of consistent double teams, sometimes even triple teams from opposing offensive linemen. He had 36 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss uh, against opposing offenses, and he also had one sack for Houston a season ago. I think, again, David absolutely will get into him in a bit, but those two players, from when it comes to returners, I think those two stand out when it comes to people to watch for potential breakout seasons. Obviously, of course, both of those players, you imagine, are looking to put to buff up their resume as they try to really compete at the next level in the NFL. I'm sure both of those players have NFL aspirations after the season, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And absolutely, David, you, uh, I'm going to try to say his name, and, and I'm pretty sure David Aguagbu, uh, I'm not sure if we're butchering it, but we'll try to go. We'll just call him uh, David, David, you for this show. Yeah. But 
obviously the big transfer from Oklahoma. And I do say big transfer because he did a lot for the Sooners this past season. He had 109 total tackles, two sacks. And look at against the opponents they did. He had 15 tackles against Kansas State. He had 10 tackles against TCU. He had 10 against Texas. And he had 10 against Oklahoma State. Those obviously are big opponents over the course of the season that they had. And he showed off for those big games. He's most definitely going to be a player that, honestly, I think he might be, you can't pencil anyone in. It's still in the preseason, but I think he might be able to have the impact that we saw Derek Parrish have early in the season for Houston. Yeah, or the likes of DeAnthony Jones. Both of those players go hand-in-hand. I think he said he came to Houston, too. He wanted to rush the passer more and develop more as a pass rusher. And what better school to come to than with uh, head coach? When a head coach, a defensive line coach, coach and, uh, and coach early, excuse me, and be with Sac Ave. And I think um, his versatility, his athletic ability, his ability to play whatever linebacker spot that you can have will help him and have he'll have the athletic advantage against most offensive tackles in the realm of speed. And I think as long as he gets his strength up. Man, I think he could be potentially be the defensive MVP this year. I, I'm expecting big things from him. He knows what it takes to compete against the Big 12 and um, quality offensive tackles game in and game out. I think he's going to come in and lead by example. And I'm expecting him to have, like you said, that, that Derek Parrish effect of every play. You're going to be wondering, where is he lining up at? we got to keep our eye on him and game plan against him. I think he can have that type of impact. Absolutely. Parker Ainsworth's comment. Shout out Lockdown Cougs. He says, I've heard it. His last name pronounced Ugwegbu, uh, but he's not sure he's heard him say it. I think that uh, that phonically sounds like how you'd be able to say it, but just waiting for the official Houston Cougars. They don't have it on their on their official site. They need to have pronunciations of players' names. Um, but we'll take your word for it, Parker. But a question he asked, what are we expecting out of all the new edge pass rushers? So many new faces when it comes to, again, just overall for the Houston Cougars team as a whole, specifically when it comes to the defense. I think David, uh, we'll keep calling him David Yu, is most definitely the, the big name just because of the production he was able to have at Oklahoma and what he did there for the Sooners. And, of course, he's familiar with the Big 12. But they have a couple of three freshmen specifically in Ivan Altenrith. Um, again, we need these pronunciations on the Houston Cougars website. Justin Benton, Joshua Diaz, all three uh, freshmen. Brandon Mack, a transfer out of Ole Miss. He was mm-hmm. he was top 40 in the nation for weeks at defensive ends coming out of high school way back in uh, 2020. And of course, Talik Robbins as well. Another transfer out of Northeast Mississippi Community College. He actually played for Ole Miss as well the, year, the season before that as a freshman, but transferred over and went the Juco route. So I think most definitely like Parker said, a lot of new faces, but it's going to be interesting to see who's able to step up and make an impact. My expectation is to have Dot, Brandon Mack at the two interior D-line spots, Nelson and David Yu as the pass rushers. And Parker, I think I'm really, really anxious and excited to see the new pass rusher because Houston has been so good in developing and putting quality pass rushers out on the field and even leading them and helping them get to the next level. I feel like it's Houston is becoming 
almost like D-line you. I mean, year in, year out, they have a dominant defensive lineman. And I, I have no expectations but to expect someone to come up and make a name for himself. Now I'm just, who will it be? That's when I'm just looking through the roster, looking through and reading um, different articles and watching different interviews and seeing who everyone's talking about. And so those are the players who I'm hearing from the most. And I think Brandon Mack, his experience in the SEC will really, really help him transitioning to play for Houston. But not only that, help him in regards to leadership and helping players like that be able to know on the end game basis, hey, this will work for me. There's different um, nuances that they can give each other, help complement each other really well. But I'm excited really about the D-line. I think that's been the strength of the team over the last, I don't know how many years, but the D-line. Yep. I'm I'm really expecting that. The D-line to really, really continue the tradition that they started and be dominant. Kevin Jossel again said it's depth concern for the defensive line. I think with a lot of new faces, again, reiterating there's a lot of opportunity for someone to be able to step up and make plays. And specifically when Dan, to your point, at D-Line University, just think back under early uh, guys like Logan Hall, who um, rose up through the ranks, was able to get a second-round draft pick uh, in the NFL, went uh, second-round draft pick in the NFL. And again, even looking last season, um, Derek Parrish got drafted, although it's not entirely sure if he does end up playing defensive line at the NFL. But even DeAnthony Jones was able to get opportunity as an undrafted free agent once the draft did end. There's certainly a lot of eyeballs when it comes to what Houston has been able to produce um, players that they've been able to develop to play at the next level. Now, going back to returners, uh, we, met, we focused on Caesar and Dot, but there's a couple names there that might be worth keeping an eye on just in terms of already obviously been under the system but i think the biggest returner outside of those two that potentially could have a lot of plays you gotta start with jamari caldwell and had a little bit of limited stretch for houston a season ago but he potentially could be someone that finds the niche and is able to make impact plays for the houston cougars defensive line in 2023 and one thing about coach belk in the defense one thing that he does he rotates players in and out. You're going to get your chance to be on the field and earn your state, earn your key. And so depth is important, but it's allowing that depth to develop um, by getting experience. So these players, and I'm sure um, Coach Belka Sutherland, like you, you look at our resume and how we play, how we rotate players in and out, you will have a chance to come in. If you play well, we'll keep you in the game. And so I, I think having a coach – and who has implemented that culture on the defense, I mean, the sky's the limit. I think, like you said, we talked about where the defense was at last year and where they – then you think about where they were the year before that. That's kind of a blueprint on how to be successful and how important defense is can lead to a championship team, creating turnovers, getting after the quarterback, making – not missing as many tackles – um, than you make. And so the defense can only go up, man. I, I love Coach Doug Bell, the associate head coach, a, a defensive coordinator. I think he will deservedly be a head coach one day, but I'm excited to see him make his imprint with Houston Steel to ensure that he is one of the up-and-coming bright coaches and kind of making his mark and getting Houston defense to that third-ward defense in the moniker that they like to use. 
Kevin Josso, again, on YouTube, talked about the competition. That's been a message that head coach Dana Holgerson has reiterated over the course of spring practices and even towards the Big 12 media day as Houston is just a few really days away from kicking off um, training camp and gearing up for the 2023 season. And the big thing for overall the defense as a whole, the big word you can use is opportunity. There's 20 new faces for on this defense, the defense alone, 20 new faces. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys to be able to step up, uh, make plays, and get a consistent rotation spot for the Houston Cougars. There's a lot of unknown, which makes it exciting. At the same time, it makes it a little bit uh, maybe anxious when it looks from a, a fan standpoint. But I think that's the biggest word, opportunity, that a lot of these players are going to be able to have to step in and make plays for the Houston Cougars in their first year in the Big 12. So kind of putting a bow on it, just overall, the entire defense, Defense. What do you think could be some realistic expectations, some goals that the defense overall as a whole should have? And again, there's really only one direction to go from a season ago. Say that kind of in jest, but there has to only be one way, correct? I agree. I agree. I, I think for me, I don't necessarily look at yards per game. I look, I think it's important them to get that turnover margin back up, cause more turnovers. And, and also, the time of possession. I want to see, are they able to get teams off the field on third down? That's one thing they have to be able to do well, is limit teams from having those long, sustaining drives to where the defense gets tired and or giving up long, explosive plays. And so I think, for me, the key on the defense is just making your name, but really taking the game by game. I, I think they should – put an emphasis in which I'm sure they are taking the way of the football. I mean, you're going to give up a lot of yards. You're going to give up points. I think that's just any given game or football. But one thing that you can do is take the ball away and pressure the quarterback. If they can do those two things, I think Houston can um, move up and be better than they have last year. Day on you and Kevin are on the same wavelength when it comes to thoughts. He says takeaways will be a must in order for Houston to compete. I agree. That's a hundred percent. I be a key component for the Houston Cougars' success on the defensive side of things. Again, that's something that they struggled in a season ago. But again, kind of piggyback into what you said earlier in the show, Dayon, about fundamentals and how important it's going to be to be able to stop. The bleeding, for the lack of a better phrase, specifically when it comes to keeping short, medium-sized plays, short, medium-sized plays don't allow them to become, you know, 10, 15-yard plays after catches. And that's something that Houston really struggled on the defensive side of things, being able to come up and make tackles and limit plays. And it seemed for a period, certainly a stretch, it, it didn't matter where opposing offenses started. There was a couple of times when the punter Lane Wilkins would down the opposing offenses inside the 20, inside the 10, sometimes even inside the five. And sometimes, honestly, it seemed like it wasn't a matter of whether Houston can force a stop and force the opposing team to punt. It just seemed like it was inevitable that at the very least, the offense was going to be able to drive down the field and at least get a field goal, if not punching it into the end zone and score a touchdown. And it came multiple times when you think of Temple, when you think of even Bryce, I don't know, that was a bit of a crazy game, but Bryce, they were pinned back and they were able to march down the field and they came really close to being able to score a touchdown on the final play of the game. And uh, it's, it's a little bit too close for comfort over on, of course, we saw what 
the big the big play for I keep going back to this play fourth and twenty against Texas Tech. Uh, UTSA had a lot of success against the secondary, so that's going to be the key, in my opinion, for this Houston Cougars defense in twenty twenty three. Keeping limiting big plays and keeping the short and medium sized plays short and medium don't allow uh, opposing defenses opposing offense to be able to make make chicken salad out of short plays. I will go with the full phrase. Uh, Kevin Jossel says he's going to have to close the gaps to help limit the run, uh, to help limit the run game. Obviously, that's going to be another key um, thing for the Houston Cougars defense overall as a whole. As we close things down, if you are watching us on YouTube or X or on audio-only platforms, feel, like I said, feel free to reach us on social media at Jamma. If you're watching us live, feel free to comment any final takeaways of the defense, anything you're looking forward to for this unit specifically even a player a player that you're excited to watch in the 2023 season Dan, i'll toss it over to you any final thoughts on the defense like i said i'm gonna who, who amongst the d line is gonna make the name for themselves and become a household name and then i'm really gonna be keeping a close eye on Jalen Embry. i just think he has a ton of potential i love his swagger i love the way he competes and i think he will get his hands on some footballs this season and catch some interceptions. I'm going to go for, I believe he'll have at least three interceptions this season. I think overall, I'm going to go with a team goal um, when it comes to sex. I think this team overall, I said linebackers in the secondary a little bit, specifically the defensive line, I think they're potentially going to be more disruptive. I could see them getting into, honestly, 20 sacks as a team, which – Again, after Derek Parrish went down, they really struggled to create pressure. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on how much they're able to be disruptors into in the backfield for opposing offenses. Now, I'd uh, like to say thank you to Kevin Joss. who was just an MVP when it came to our live comment section on YouTube. Tony M., uh, Mr. Robbins, and of course, Parker Ainsworth as well, all who took time and commented live on YouTube. We'd like to say thank you for you guys for sticking with us and watching today's episode, today's live episode of Pots Climate Jam. If you are checking us out, audio-only platform, thank you to you guys as well for taking the time to listen to our breakdown next week. We're going to be talking about the offense and we'll be looking at a lot of different positions. Obviously the skill position is the, the, the big, big attention grabber when it comes to all the talent they have at the wide receiver position, the running back position. Of course, everyone wants to know about the quarterback competition battle as well. As always, Dan, I'll toss it over to you real quick. The Houston Cougars men's basketball team are gearing up for the, Australia trip that they're going to be taking uh, next week, next Friday, I believe, is when they leave for Australia and be on the lookout on the Pod Time and Jamma YouTube channel. Which, by the way, if you haven't subscribed so already, please be sure to do so for some uh, behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, some availability stuff from tomorrow, Wednesday, that they will have at after their practice as they gear up for their Australia trip. Thank you, Kevin Jasso, for the compliment. And, Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you. Where can people find you and any closing comments? First, I want to thank everyone who participated and always supports our show. We couldn't do this without you guys. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. I'm excited, man. It's time to disrupt the 12 and make some noise, man. Show people why Houston is one of the prominent programs and we'll be a powerhouse, not only in basketball, but in football as well. I think the momentum is just beginning. He's just going to be one of the cream of the crop. Going to rise to the top, man. 
Damn, I love that plug. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow our shop at bonfire.com slash store slash let's dash rage dash kooks dash shop. And you can find a disrupting the 12 t-shirt for the Houston Cougars. Uh, obviously, as they're making the big jump into the Big 12 conference, Richie Rich says defensive line should be fine with coach. Uh, secondary, lots of talent will be interesting. Linebackers don't have a clue, which <laughs> that's a great point. There's a lot of there's a lot of wait and see, which depending on whether you see the glass half empty or half full, it either calls for a lot of optimism or a lot of anxiety when it comes to the defense heading into the 2023 season. That's going to do it for today's episode of Pop Slam and Gemma. As always, thank you guys and down you get the final word. Go Cougs!